0: Welcome back to Strictly Footy Lads. Newcastle Knights today in our preview and review series that we've got going on. One of the more exciting teams, I feel like, in the NRL at the moment. Um, We'll see if they can back up what they've done from last season. Tom, how are we?
1: Chilling, bro. Chilling. Um, I think it was good for us to get away (laughs) And we did the, the, the draw the other day, um, I think it was good because we've come back a bit more refreshed. I can't stop stuttering. Um, but, yeah, I feel good. Obviously, I think the Melbourne episode we did was pretty good and I think, you know, the Knights are a pretty interesting team to talk about. So, I'm pretty keen to jump right into
0: to this one and
1: see kind of how we felt because they kind of had a, se- a season which you had no chance of predicting.
0: Yeah, no, I... Uh- Definitely didn't have them in my top five, I believe, they ended up with. Mm. Their fifth. Yeah, definitely didn't have them that high. Uh, we all knew they had this type of potential with Pong at his best, Bradman Best at his best, um, all these type of guys. The Saifidi boys found some form. But, um, yeah, we definitely knew they were capable of something like this, probably not this high. Mm. But, uh, yeah, de- definitely smashed everyone's expectations.
1: All right, well, let's jump straight into our expectations for them this year. I remember we did our ladder prediction. They were quite low. I think I had them about 13th to 16th in that range. Yep. Um, Which was looking quite bang on, to be honest, about halfway through the season. But some switch just flipped and they won nine in a row and they come into finals, you know, almost top four win week one of the finals, and it kind of looks like they found their identity as a team, and, you know, kind of found the way they want to play under O'Brien.
0: Yeah, 100%, and, um, yeah, like I said, I feel like we had them so low, just because year after year, they seem to be almost disappointing us. I feel like I had them around the top eight for the few seasons before that, and, I mean, it it just kind of hit me. They're not as good as what we're thinking. Had them low and, again, they just proved me wrong.
1: Yeah, well, it seems like they just don't want to, you know, live up to what we think they are. If we think they're a bottom team, they end up coming pretty high up the ladder. If we are projecting high for them, they end up disappointing. So, you know, I had them in spoon contention this year. I think I actually backed them to win the spoon the year before this year. So, 2022, I think I backed them to win the spoon. Um, but I don't know They ju- I think they've finally figured a few things out they've finally got their half back there in Hastings which I think probably helps a lot Um, but right now I just think they're, they're cooking you know they've got a good thing going and I think they kind of hindered themselves at the start of the year I don't necessarily think it was their draw I think it was literally themselves you know obviously the, the KP experiment didn't work yep. we didn't think it would work um, I don't think many people were sold on it, um, but they come out and they run it round one, round two, and they did pick up a few wins and played a few good games. But I think you could just say that I wasn't a long-term fit. And um, once they, you know, KP comes back from his concussion, they move him back to fullback. Lockie Miller's out, and then they start winning bashing games, and Ponga wins at Dallium. So it's pretty clear the experiment wasn't right.
0: Yeah, and uh, we were skeptical about dropping Lockie Miller as well because he'd been playing. Such good footy up until that point, barring a few brain snaps. But, uh, yeah, it, it's clear now that moving Callum Ponga back to fullback was definitely the right move. Um, I wouldn't say he had a fully healthy season under his belt, but it was enough to win a M. So, yeah. let's hope he can continue that form. And, I mean, he, he's he's living up a little bit now to what Newcastle have paid him.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think Lockie Miller was playing well, but... Where do you fit him in that team? Like, th- there's really nowhere to fit him. Like, once once oh, it had yeah, got once to that you move point, fullback, 100%. yeah, once it had got to that point where they were moving Ponga back to fullback, Marju and Young were arguably their two best players. Yeah, gaga and Best were on top of it. Gamble yeah. was starting to find some form. So I think I I do think Lockie Miller had a good season to start with, but I think I mean it's so obvious that Caleb Ponga is just a better fit for his Newcastle team. And I think, you know, once they did make that switch and O'Brien was gutsy enough to come out and admit that he did the wrong thing, they smashed expectations. Yeah. I don't think anyone had them finishing fifth.
0: There's also another little change in there as well. Um, Tyson Gamble and Jackson Hastings switched mm, sides. Switched sides, yeah. As well, and after that, they started playing much better. I think um, Jackson Hastings was saying he much prefers playing um, on the side of Sushin too and um, Tyson Gamble just hadn't really played there before which is why they didn't start the year mm. in, in that way when Ponga went down
1: yeah well I, I don't know I think KP was definitely going to play the left when he played 6 and that's what yep. Hastings was saying too and even, even when Hastings was at the Tigers you know a lot of the time he liked to be on that left hand side creating stuff I remember when we put a good score on the Bulldogs at Lycard over well, Hastings was on that left hand side and he was going nuts him was linking up with Toa he was linking up with heaps of people and he looked good out there and I was quite surprised you know that Newcastle did have him on the right but it was obviously because Pong is such a left side dominant player which we see now even when he's a fullback but for me I I just think once they really had the spine all moulded together and they did lose Braley too which they smashed expectations with that I think once they lost Brayley, everyone was like Wow! Like how they how are they going to come back here? Um, but they did. Phoenix Crossland had an outstanding season. It wasn't just the players, you know, individual players that smashed expectations. Like this team together, like the the amount of players in this roster that have exceeded already who we thought they could be in the NRL is outstanding. And you know, I, I I still remember Dom Young's debut against the Tigers when he made like five errors and everyone was going, "Who is this guy? Who is this guy?" People were making jokes about him, and a year or two later, he's one of the best wingers in the club. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I think the Knights, just as a whole, coaching staff smashed expectations. I think people were saying Adam O'Brien's job's on, and then they go on this win streak. I reckon he stayed for two years. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I think they've done really well. I've done really well.
0: Yeah, and that point you made on Brayley as well, that was such a big injury because a lot of people – Especially Knights fans don't remember because they've been so cleared by the mm. eight, eight, what eight, nine, nine win streak. Yeah. yeah, that um, they only really ever looked good at the start of the season when Brayley was on the field. Yeah, and they were missing Brayley, they looked atrocious. Mm. A lot of the time, Brayley came on and changed that. So it'll be very interesting to see how he fits into that team and whether he makes the same same kind of impact that he did uh, last year. Now that everyone's going at like a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. So, that'll that'll be an interesting point to look forward to.
1: I think also something we didn't expect was just the gritty play style they kind of had. Like, I think their attack, obviously, they lit it up a few times. They lit the Bulldogs up twice. The Tigers, they put some points on. Uh, Manly, they were putting points on, I remember. But just some of the games, they really locked in defensively. Like, even though there was a few points on the board, like, I think there was all the times where their edge defense became a lot more solid, like... A lot of people this year spoke on Greg Marceau not conceding as many tries and not having as many defensive errors as he did um, in previous years, and I think that was huge—a huge contributing factor um, to the way the Knights were playing. You know, their second rowers were taking tough carries, their front rowers were taking tough carries. Phoenix Crossham was making the fifty or sixty tackles a game. Their halves were doing dirty work, and all allowed KP to shine. So they figured something out there for sure. Um, When it comes to next season's expectations, I'm you know I can't really project how the, how good they're going to be because we only saw such a small sample size of that greatness. But it, it it'd be very interesting to watch them during the year because they're they're playing like they're playing roster is very good. Like their yeah. backline is outstanding. Their halves are solid enough. Their foreback is pretty pretty well rounded. It's just about if they can put it all together again. I think losing people like Dom Young. Is going to hurt. I think it's definitely going to hurt. And bringing people like Cogger in makes you try to have to fit more people in. Um, get people more touches of footy. Obviously, Cogger coming off playing in the grand final. Um, so I think they're definitely a hard team to project for next year. But obviously, reviewing this season, they're a hard team to project for last year too. So, well, last year, last season. I mean, I guess it's just a theme of them coming into every year. we just got no idea how good or bad they're going to be.
0: Well, yeah, and that's the thing about the Knights. They've got such... An even, an even team. That's how I'm gonna put it. Mm. Like they've got players that can come out and just light it up, and then they have those grinded out, yeah, like, tough carries, tough defense type players in there. For example, like you got Ponga, Best, um, Marju,
1: Dom Marju Dom Young. Marju
0: Dom Young. Yeah, th- thanks, mate. I, I, I lost my thought track. What? <laughs> lost, lost my this thoughts for dumb. a second there. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then they've got guys like Hastings, Gamble. Um, Fitzgibbon when he was there, uh, Tyson Frizzell. All these guys can just go into games and just grind it out, mm. make their tackles, not miss any, um, and just get into the get into the thick of things. Yeah. So I, I think they're well suited for both both types of games. If that makes sense. Yeah, and
1: obviously that Jackson Hastings interview on Bloke came out a couple of weeks ago, and just listening to him talk on there and just saying you know they wanted to find a really tough identity, you know, to represent the kind of Newcastle town and who Newcastle is as a community, and I think that was you could tell, like, that was a big theme of them in the second half of the year like, they were just tough, they make an error and then they bounce straight back up, like there was no heads down, there was no egos there was nothing like that it was just, let's get to work, and I think you know, a lot of people expected their season to be over because, I don't know if you remember, but Braley and Ponga were done in the same game I believe.
0: I think so too.
1: Maybe Brayley was the week after. I'm going to double check. It was very close together. But they were very close together. They may have been back-to-back weeks. I thought they may have been the same game. Because um, I know KP was definitely against the Tigers. Because he had that minor um head knock against the Warriors in round one. Yep. He was out versus the Tigers. And... Brayley... Course, it's not going to say. I'll find it because I want to prove my point. The Warriors. The Warriors. So it was the second time they played the Warriors, which was one of my days. Look at all this research i got to do. So Jaden Braley did his knee against the Warriors in, I think, round four. So a couple of weeks after Pong had, had his head knock. So they basically lost them very close together. Um, and I think a lot of people were looking at them then saying Psh, this could be season over this
0: Especially could be danger they, they weren't looking too crash hot no the they start weren't. Of the season before they, they lost those two guys yeah exactly so, yeah. everyone wrote them off and I mean in the end it was a pretty good story mm, yeah. um, probably one of the stories of uh, 2023 as a whole for the NRL season
1: yeah I, I would say that a huge shining light huge shining light
0: alright speaking of shining lights who have we got this season, for the Newcastle Knights.
1: Um. Well, that's a great. That's a great question.
0: You just want to put the whole team in. Yeah. Well, so I don't I really know a who bit. to I've single got, out. I've got, I've got. I've got six. I okay. have six. Perfect. I'll let you go first.
1: I got Tyson Gamble. Yep. Um. I think a lot of people saw him come over for the Broncos and thought he'd be more of a utility. I even thought he'd get a bit of run at lock. Um, but he really. Held down that six jumper once he got put in, once KP was out, and everyone was going, you can't drop Gamble, so how are you going to fit KP back in? Comes back in at fullback, and all of a sudden, you know, that three-man combination was really hitting. Um, I thought he was happy to take a back seat, and obviously Hastings again touched on the fact that him and Gamble were happy just to set the platter for Ponga to do what he needed to do. Um, And I think that was huge for the Knights, and I think them taking kind of that back seat, but just managing the game, steering the team around, I think was huge. And I think Gamble just took leaps and bounds and big strides in his game management, his footy IQ. I mean, a lot of people were saying, you know, they didn't know he could play like this. And I think he proved a lot of people wrong this year. A lot of us were saying he's probably just going in there for depth, and he, he definitely wasn't. And, you know, with Col- Cogger coming in, a lot of people were saying Cogger starts round one. I just don't understand it. I think is 100% their own one. Yep. I don't think Cogger comes straight in. What has Cogger done to come straight in? No, not as much as Gamble has for Newcastle. So I think you, Gamble will keep his spot and be very tough to kick out of it because he was outstanding this year and one of my most improved players in the competition.
0: Yep. 100% agree with you there. Um, got an obvious one here, Cameron Ponger.
1: I don't have him. Oh, okay. I, I just...
0: He's been riddled with injuries... And a little bit of inconsistency on his part um, for as long as I can remember, and uh for him to come out this year and just absolutely kill it, win a Dally M, and uh, lead lead his team to you know f- fifth on the ladder from, mm. from where they were at the start of the season. I think I think that's just incredible. I think he's definitely starting to prove uh, why Newcastle was so confident in him and giving him that one one point five million dollar pay packet. Even though, even though he's getting injured, 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 still paid him, and I mean, it's starting to look like it might pay off.
1: Mm. Well, for me, um, Ponga should have always been this good. Oh yeah. So he can't really exceed my expectations because this is wh- who he should have been. Like okay. he he should have been like this far long ago. I don't know he got a long uh, kind of injury holdout. There's no, there's no lying. Like, there's no denying the guy's a superstar. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I think for me, his his bar should always be around the level that he's playing at this year, especially what he's on. I know salary kind of doesn't tell everything, but it still shows how highly you rate a player. And I, yeah, for me, he should have been performing like this quite a while ago. Yeah. Uh, I've got Dom Young and Greg Marzou, obviously. The yep. two very great wingers. I actually rate Dom Young higher than Greg Marju, Same. which a lot of people don't. Really? Yeah, I see a lot of people having Marju top three wingers. And Dom Young's down in about six or seven.
0: Maybe based off this year alone. Yeah, but, but... even
1: this year alone, like I'm still taking yeah, Dom, Young. Dom Young. Like, I thought he was outstanding this year, and I th- just think he's... Going to be so dominant for the Roosters, and I know Newcastle fans will hate to hear that, but the guy is going to be an absolute starter. I can't believe I didn't throw more at him before the season. You know, he built off that big World Cup with England um, and came into the season red hot, and he just continued his form from there. And with Greg Marju as well, you know, they made the Chris Randall trade, and everyone's going, oh, it's pretty much just a, you know, like-for-like trade. They need a nine. They need a winger. This guy turns out to be almost winger. Was he winger
0: of the year? I think it was Dallin and Jermaine.
1: Yes, it was. So, so
0: runner-up. He was very
1: close to winger of the year. And Chris Randall, no disrespect, was like a utility off the bench, right? Who did have a good year, but you look back on that training, you're like, how have they even pulled that off? Yeah. And I think Marge is just going to continue to build and get better. He, um, he's one of those players that I think can shine no matter who's inside him, who's next to him. But him and Bradman Best, who I also have here, building a huge combination and... I think that'll just continue to build if Bramen Best um doesn't end up at the Tigers.
0: Yeah, Brumman Best was uh one one that I had definitely. Uh slow start to the season. I was kind of looking at him like, Oh, here you go, Brom Best again, massive potential wasn't really hitting it. Mm. Then it came to that Bulldogs game, that famous sixty six 0 Bulldogs game. And uh yeah, from, from there from it was there, just Nuts. I mean, he earned an origin debut off it, and now and he was outstanding. Was, everyone was origin. spewing about that, but he pr- proved everybody wrong. Mm-hmm. Was outstanding there and finished off the year very strong. Yeah. And I mean, if you have t- two of the hardest ball runners on that edge, yeah, in Bradman, Best, and Marji, you pair that with Ponga, who's left side dominant, Jackson Hastings in good form. It, it's it's a very very good edge, and I think Newcastle should be finding tooth and now to keep keep that edge together. Yeah, 100 percent, hundred percent. Well, they've
1: hold they've held down Marju for now. It's just about getting best back on that contract.
0: Yeah, what uh, are the other guys? I got Phoenix Crossland. Phoenix Crossland. I thought um, he was mate, struggling when, to even look like an NRL player. He was. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, he was a halfback, mm. and they put him in at nine. And I was like, okay, he's gonna miss a ton of tackles. He's gonna do all. The, I, I didn't expect him to be good at all, but he just kept holding that spot. Kept holding that spot, and I mean. There's almost an argument that he could start next year.
1: I think he does start next year.
0: I think so too. But, like, I mean, obviously Brayley's I don't even back, think it's much of
1: an argument. I think Brayley has to come off the bench.
0: I've got him coming off the bench. Three
1: three knee injuries, two inju- knee injuries yep. in the last couple of seasons. Like, I think he needs to come off the bench yep. just for his sake. It's a bit like the turbo to centre thing and all this kind of stuff. Bringing and back off the bench, like... Yeah, fair call. I think just limiting his minutes and working him back into full-time football, and who knows, maybe Phoenix Crossland's even the starting nine when Braley's fully healthy. Yep. Um, I guess we just have to see how it goes. And with Cogger there, it's just a weird fit. I think they signed Cogger for no reason.
0: I mean, we'll get to it later. But, um, yeah, uh, something that a lot of people didn't know about Phoenix Crossland is the season finish, he went straight to get shoulder and some minor knee surgery mm. as well. So he's playing, playing through injuries all throughout the season as well. Yeah. So crazy, crazy year from Phoenix Crossland. Do you have anybody else? I've got one more. Jackson Hastings.
1: Okay. Uh, I I knew he was this good at the Tigers. I think I kept calling for him and Dewey to be the halves. Please, please, get, just let me see one game of them. I just want one sample size of them. If they're, if they're not good together, then that's fine. But... I was always a big believer in him when he came over. I was like, we actually might make the finals now. I think this guy's like good man of steel in the Super League. Like he, the guy's obviously talented, um, but what he did for Newcastle this year was special. You know, they've been looking for a seven for quite a while. They went to Clune. they went to Clifford, they went. I, I think Pierce was quite good actually, so I won't lump him in there. But you know, after Pierce, they went for quite a few sevens, and that none of them were working. They weren't winning games. Hastings steps in, fits like a glove. Really embraced the culture over there, and I just think exceeded my expectations, especially coming off that injury, um, that horrific injury he suffered in that hip drop. Um, I thought you know that might take a bit away from him, but lucky for him, um, he's not really a dynamic attacking halfback. You know, he did start running the ball b- more, but he relies more on his footy IQ and you know his ability to put other players in a better position. I think that's what makes him so effective, um, and I think his kicking game definitely came further along as we went through the season and he was like one of the bigger parts as to that turnaround, like the way he started playing footy. As soon as he strapped that headgear on, bro, he was, he was going crazy.
0: Yep. And again, another player that was playing through injuries all season.
1: Yeah, exactly. And he's just going to have major surgery now. So he's still rehabbing his knee.
0: Yep, exactly. And, uh, last but not least, and this is my, uh, player that I've got a massive agenda for this, this episode. I think he's I know gonna be, it's going to be, you do? It's
1: going to be Dylan Lucas.
0: I've got a massive agenda for this guy. I think he's going to be one for the future. It's Leo Thompson.
1: Oh, I knew it. I knew
0: it. You said Dylan Lucas.
1: No, I was just baiting you.
0: I'm really high on Leo Thompson. I was actually pretty high on him in 2022 as well. He was coming off the bench uh, for Newcastle. and I just thought he he, he was playing that classic 20-minute come-off-the-bench run-hard role. Mm. And... Um, Yeah, he was doing that to perfection. Got the starting spot this year, which I wasn't expecting at all. Yeah. But I think he's killed it. Um, Yeah, he was only playing maybe 40, 40, 50 minutes a game. Obviously, Mm -hmm. they had both Stuy brothers to fit in there as well. But, uh, yeah, I I thought he did that really well. If he can start to get his minutes up this season, I could see him blossoming into a, a top 10 prop throughout his career.
1: Yeah. I think he's got the build for it. He's got a similar to Fisher Harris type build. Yep. Um have you got any disappointments? No. I've got Jaden Brayley. Oh, okay. But only for him. Yeah. Only for him. Not to say he was disappointed, Why couldn't you stand the field? I'm actually disappointed for him because I think if he was a part of this run, the Knights actually could have beaten the got over the Warriors in the finals, yep. I reckon.
0: I'd- I genuinely can't look at this team and say one player like yeah was well under that, what I expected that's for me like
1: I was just like I think a disappointment is just that Brayley wasn't be able to be healthy like just so sad that yeah he continues to suffer these injuries and these setbacks when yep. we all see the potential he has as a hooker. Yep. You want to get into strengths and weaknesses.
0: Strengths and weaknesses. Well, see, they're just kind of. It's kinda of good all round. So I I've found it hard to narrow it down to one specific mm-hmm. strength and things like that. So I've kind of gone for some out there ones and one of the main uh things that I think they have over a lot of other NRL teams is their fans. Yeah, right. I think their fans, regardless of whether they're winning, losing, they always pack out McDonald Jones Stadium. Mm-hmm. It's still called that, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, they it still is. pack out McDonald Jones Stadium. And, I mean, I, th- I think they've got, ha- have a major effect mm. on the games, especially in that Canberra, Canberra final. I think after the whole Whiten scandal, biting Tyson Gamble, whether, yeah, he, whether you think yeah. he did it or not, got the fans into the game. And, I mean, Newcastle Knights just built momentum off the back of that. Kind of segues into my next little bit is, I mean, once they start scoring, it's very, very hard to stop yeah. them. With the star power they've got and the nice little link guys there, um, yeah, they can put points on very quickly.
1: Yeah, um, the first one I've got is a bit like to what you were saying. They just use the full width of the field. Yep. Like, they're very good on their edges, and that's a lot of the time how they score their tries. They make big breaks down the edge. Um, but they're just through their sets, you can just see them. Like, Hastings will direct the ball to Gamble. Gamble will give it to Frazel, who'll take a hit up. Then it'll come back to the middle. They'll take one through the middle. Then it'll come out to the left. It might be Fitzgibbon on a short ball, or it might be another hit-up. And then they'll start expanding. You'll see them get into their shape. Pong will be sitting deep, waiting for that ball off Hastings, and they start getting wider and wider and wider. They kick wide on the last when they're in the red zone. And they kick the corners. They use the full width of the field. They love to get expansive with the game, and I think that's really how they figured out such a winning method, just using the full width of the field to their advantage. I think a lot of their attack was clunky at the start of the year, trying to get too many people involved. Um, and I think that was a bit of Lockie Miller at fullback too. I think his like jinky X-factor playstyle required the ball to be in his hands quite a lot, and he used to kind of have the ball not too much, but you know to a point where it was it was it was just not good for the attack. And I think once Ponga kind of moved back to fullback, it was a different story. They were able to get more expansive, they were able to shift the ball more, go through the hands more, and I think. I think that's where they really improved. And just their star state of backline as well. Like, I think we all looked at the backline at the start of the year and we're like, how is this not a good team? Oh, Bradman yeah. Best, Dane Gagher, Greg Margeau, Dom Young, Caelan Palmer. Yep. Like, that is a top five backline in the comp. And right now, and before preseason, we were still saying Like, this is a gun backline. How are they not producing points? And now they are producing points and the floodgates are open when they start. When they when they turn it on, I don't think many teams are stopping them. No,
0: not at all. Uh, did, you, did you have anything else for Strax?
1: I had. Uh, I have a lot, and a lot of it's to do with personnel. I'll get great game game management out of the way. Yeah. Um. I just think their halves are very smart with the way they direct the team around the park, direct the game, direct the flow, the tempo of the game. Um, and they're improving defense. Yep. Um. Now they were definitely still leaking above average in points you can see the upside you can see the defence you can see it's coming along you can see the end goal you can see how they're trying to work their defence that they're very solid in the middle Um, they just need to work on those edges and I think Brabham Best and Dan Gagai were actually very good in defence this year Um, I think Gagai had a few games where he made silly reads missed too many tackles same as Brabham but it happens you know Um, but their defence is improving and the way they're managing games is just keeping him in everything Keeping them in everything. And even in that Warriors game, you know, when they were missing Hastings and they looked down and out, they still hung around there. I know they did concede 40. They got pumped. But there was still a period through the middle of the game where they started building back into it. They started coming back before halftime. They looked like they had momentum. Unfortunately, they just didn't have the legs to continue on with it, push, keep that pressure on. Couldn't do it. But um, i got two that kind of coincide. Everyone knows their role there's no egos in this team um and the whole team has chemistry like everyone is good mates with each other you can tell on the field the way they're celebrating tries the way they're picking each other up um and i just think it's a huge a huge bonus for a young team like them to to have those kind of relationships um i think they have good balance of young players with veterans and I think it just makes for a great team makeup. Like Their roster is really nicely constructed. They've replaced Fitzgibbon with Pierce Paul. They've brought in a lot of younger players that they can develop along with this team. And I just think having no egos is such a huge bonus, especially when you're as successful as you are. Having no egos and everyone kind of sitting back and allowing Ponga to do his thing is huge for this team, especially going forward, because it means they have a strict game plan, the players are okay with playing their role because they know it's equating to wins. Like, it's a bit different if you're playing at the Knights of old, you're playing for them, and it's hard to buy in when you're losing and you're still trying to play through Ponga, you're still trying to do all this stuff to cater to Caelan Ponga, but when you're winning games, just taking that backseat becomes so much easier, and I think the Knights have a huge strength there and a huge bonus going into the future.
0: Yep. 100% agree with you there. Did you have any weaknesses?
1: I got two. Even though the defence is improving, it's still shaky. Mm -hmm. Saw it against Canberra. Saw it against, I want to say the Tigers. The Tigers scored a a few silly tries against them. Um, I think a lot of the games, they had very good defensive periods. Then people would just start blasting through the defence. Like Again, like I said, it's definitely improving. But... There's still shaky sides of it. They're still not the greatest on the edge. I think they're still trying to get adjusted to their shape. Sometimes the the jamming in is way too early. They're getting outnumbered too easily. There's still a lot of things that the Knights don't get right, but their defence is definitely improving. It's just still not
0: a huge the, strong point. And the best example of that is the Parramatta game. Earlier oh, this, yeah. That was...
1: That was atrocious.
0: That was one of the worst performances I've seen from a team.
1: Yeah, that was, that was atrocious.
0: Yeah. Um, look, I know they've got Ponga, mm. but I think this is a weakness more if they want to win a comp, yep. not a weakness overall, and I, I think they do need a few more stars in the mm-hmm. team. Like I said, they but all I, know I, their did, role, they're did, all maximising yeah. what they can do, Yeah. and some of the players that they have may, could, could easily blossom into those stars, mm. but I think if they want to win a comp, yep. they need more than, than just Ponga as mm. a star.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, I do think they have stars though. Like I think Brabham Best is a star. Gets a few more Origin reps under his belt, looking at a completely different player. Yep. Um, I think Dane Gagai is still a star in my books. I think yep. he was still great. He had a great year this year. I don't know what people are talking about. Greg Marju a star. I'd say Hastings is a star at his role. But like yeah, you're but- saying, they need some big names. Yeah. It's look a at the teams names. that
0: win the comps they've, they've yeah. always got multiple big names. they yeah.
1: yeah. I do agree with you there. I do agree with you there but I think the way they're playing at the moment who definitely suits to the roster they have. Like, I don't think they're playing out of their depth. Yeah, I agree. Um, my other weakness was they have no high minute middles.
0: Yeah. Apart from Adam Fair Elliott. Point.
1: Apart from Adam Elliott. Come finals time you need some of your big boys to play extended minutes. If you get, if someone picks up a head knock, if, you know, um, there's an injury. If there's a sin bin, anything like that that happens, you need your middles to play big minutes. Now, the Saifedi boys used to actually play a decent chunk of minutes and for some reason just completely decreased this year. Um, but Leo Thompson's not a huge high-minute guy. He's about oh. 45 minutes. Yep. Um, Hetherington's about 20. And the Saifedi boys play about 45 or 50. And I mm-hmm. think you just need to have more, more of a workload, more of a chunk, like you see the, the Premier forwards in our comp playing 80 minutes most weeks, Payne Haas playing 75, Fanon Blake playing 70, like, uh, playing 80 a lot of the weeks, I think it's, a, I, I know they're like the top of the top front rowers, right, but that's what you should be able to do, if you want to have a pack that good, you need to be able to do what those boys do, and like, even Tino, even Fotaweka. All these boys, Lindsey Collins, Ruben Cotter. I can keep going. Like yep. they play huge minutes, and none of the Newcastle boys, unless they're pushed to, will do that. And I think you kind of have to put that on them a bit more because we've seen packs like the Sharks. Their middles don't play huge minutes, and therefore they get rolled over some games because their minutes, their middles aren't strong enough, and they get tired too easily. So I think a big preseason could help that. But I think the issue with the Knights, the current issue I see is that they don't have enough strength in their middles in terms of their workload and the amount of work they can get through in a game now in their 40 minute period they may get through a good chunk of work get to 100 meters but they're not the gigantic workload front rowers that we're seeing come further and further into the game and continue to develop so i think if there is one thing they could work on i would say get some get some more k's under those legs and help those big boys to stay out there for a bit longer All right, we want to get on to the awards.
0: Yeah, MVP, I think, is a very obvious one. We're both going Kalen. Yeah,
1: that was a tough one. That was a tough one. Uh,
0: There there was no doubt. He he won the Daly M. Yeah. No one else was close to him. Um, Yeah, there was some valuable plays in there, but not as much as Kalen. Most improved player. I went Tyson Gamble.
1: I got Greg Marju.
0: Ooh. Fair play.
1: Yeah. Um, For Marju, I just think... I don't think it came out of nowhere, but I don't think anyone to ha- thought he would have this instant impact.
0: Yeah, no one rated him that highly. Yeah. Like, everyone knew he was, he was in good form at the Titans. Yeah, but yeah and he no. was a decent winger. Yeah, he an yeah. NRL standard winger. Yeah, no one No one expected no, this. Yeah, yeah I, I don't mind that at all. Uh, breakout year, I have...
1: i got a few honourable mentions for MIP, but... Okay. One sec. Far out. <coughs> Bradman Best... Phoenix Crossland, Tyson Gamble. Yep. I think they could all have be been there for me. maju's his just output was just nuts. His tackle breaks, his line breaks. Like There was games he was finishing with 250 metres, 13 tackle breaks, six line breaks, and three tries. Like, what? What type of video game stat line is that? So, for me, yeah, he, he walks away with the MIP. I think his output was... Top three in the comp, yep. in terms of wingers.
0: Fair enough. Breakout year. Now it was between two, but I decided to go with one of them because. Well, you have to. One, one. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I don't, I, I'm telling you, I picked this guy because that the only thing that separated them for me was that uh, I gave an award to one of the other ones somewhere else. Yeah, so okay. So I went for the other one here. I went Phoenix Crossland. Mm. I think mean, came from absolutely came from me out of nowhere to one of the form nines. In the comp at the time. Now, I don't think he's one of the best nines in the comp yet. Yeah. don't don't think I'm saying that. But at the the time, throughout that run, he's one of the four nines in the comp. Defense improved out of sight. And I I think he's pretty much cemented himself within the NRL now.
1: I've gone for Dom Young. And I think it happened at the World Cup. And it just continued.
0: The first game of the World
1: Cup, I think he had three or four tries. And we were watching that. And we're like, bro, he's gone skit. And I think after the World Cup, we were like, the Knights have to re-sign him right now. And then they didn't re-sign him because they are waiting to see if it translated to the NRL. He got snapped up by the Roosters, comes out, gets dropped. Everyone's like, okay, maybe this isn't the worst deal, him going to the Roosters. Comes back as 21st man. Bang. Destroys Manly. And from Four there, draws. it just goes absolutely nuts. I think just him, his breakout was this year because I think people look at Marju as he improved. But Dom Young, to me, at his age and his pr- profile, like so tall and so fast, breakout like as in, I think he's a superstar. Yeah, I think he's a superstar. And I know I said Greg Manger is the most improved, but I think I think to me the breakout for Dom Young is a bit more impressive than him just improving because he could always improve. But the way he would, just went skits this year was insane.
0: Yeah, most disappointing player. Oh, oh yeah, hang on. Never mind, most disappointing player. Kurt Mann. Ooh, okay. See, I really didn't know who to do. Yep. So, I mean, I don't think he was that disappointing this season, but compared to what this guy could be, I thought he was, mm. uh, went Daniel Sai 30.
1: Yeah, I don't mind that shout.
0: I don't think he had a terrible year. He wasn't a bad prop at all by any standard. He's probably above average But still. to be
1: honest, if you look at their pack, I think he's probably the third best prop now now yeah jacob and leo yeah. thompson i would have ahead of him but and almost comfortably ahead if, you, of him.
0: if you go back to 2021 he's one of the best props in the game yeah i
1: know i know That's and the reason i do kind of agree with that award. for me kurt mann was just like the 14 opportunity was there when Bradley went out and oh, he just yeah. never took it Yep. like i think there was a couple games where he was okay but there was never any games where i was like oh yeah kurt mann masterclass Kurt Mann, what a performance. Even decent. Like I think and a lot of Knights fans were like, why is he still playing? Yep. Um, and I think Kurt Mann is actually quite a useful footballer. I just don't think he fit what the Knights are trying to do this year. And again, it's hard to pick a disappointing player in this team because they were that good. But for me, if anyone's going to be the most disappointing, it would have to be Kurt Mann.
0: Yep, I agree with you. I'm having a complete and utter brain snap here. Who was 14 for them? Who locked up the 14 jersey?
1: I don't even know. I think it was Kurt Mann.
0: Over the whole season?
1: I'm pretty sure. I'll double check, but I'm pretty sure. I don't even remember anyone else getting another gig.
0: Yeah, I'm having, I'm having a bit of a brain fade here, so.
1: Let's just go Knights versus Raiders and see who was there, because that would have been their full-strength team.
0: Who have we got?
1: Yeah, Kurt Man. Oh,
0: yeah, well <laughs> Yeah, it is a disappointing season because I didn't even know it was the fourteenth for most of the year. I I couldn't tell you a game where I I couldn't tell you a moment that I remember from Kurt Mann this season.
1: Okay. Yeah, well yeah. That's that's basically what I mean. Like yeah. I just think he failed to maximise the form this the knights were in for himself.
0: Yep. Fair call, fair call. Most underrated player. I got
1: Dylan Lucas.
0: I've got my agenda push, Leo Thompson.
1: I I do I do understand Thompson, but I think he started getting his flowers at the end of the year. Yeah, for I think me, he did
0: a little bit. I still don't think enough. For me, anyway. like I'm
1: still not seeing Dylan Lucas in seventeens. I'm not seeing him anywhere. Yeah. I think he might start in the back row.
0: Towards the end of the season, he was playing. And great. he was a,
1: and he, he debuted as a winger.
0: Yeah, winger. Then was in center. Centers for and and now as a second row looked good there. Transitioned to second row. I don't know if he debuted
1: as a winger. Him. I don't know if he debuted as a winger, but well, I know not, not for sure NRL, he was a winger. But he was a winger. He was a winger, yeah. And
0: then um, played center. Look, looked really good in that uh, trial... In trials. And then so he got bigger. Got bigger. Transitioned to second row. Everyone was like, what's happening with Dylan Lucas? Where's he gone? He, he's just disappeared. And then burst onto the scene.
1: And he was like, he was I'm here. Very, very good. Yeah. Leo Thompson, I do understand too, but I think... At- I think towards the end of the year, he did start to get his flowers. People started yep. to realise how good he actually was. Yep. Alrighty, mate. Should we move into the preview?
0: Get into it. Losses and gains. Now, this was a... a. Uh, they've had a massive, massive loss. Here. Yeah, it
1: was actually... Bro, I didn't know to say. But listen to their losses. Dom Young to the Roosters. Adam Clune to Huddersfield. Man to the Bulldogs. Lachlan Fitzgibbon to Warrington. Lockheed Miller to Leeds. Jack Johns is a free agent, and then Simi Sasungi, I believe, went to the Raiders. Heimel Hunt, Bailey Hodgson, and Dane Alka Falau. Did
0: you say Lockham Fitzgibbon? Yeah. Um. Oren Keely as well. Oh yeah, to the Dolphins. To the Dolphins. Uh yeah, a lot of losses. Bit of depth there. Um, I'm mm. um, apart from I'd say Dom Young, I wouldn't say any of the and Oren Fitzgibbon. Keeley, I'd rank, say Fitzgibbon, and Fitzgibbon too. I'd say the others are fair call.
1: Yeah, I understand Lockie Miller, I understand Kurtman and Clune, especially if they bring Clo- Cogger in. Yep. Jack Johns, I think, was actually quite solid in a few games this year. Uh, Harmel Hunt, I think he's still a solid winger you can keep around. Bailey Hodgson just never really put think, it together.
0: I think they're going to keep an Ari as their backup winger.
1: Oh, so you don't think he'll start? No. Nah. Okay. Okay.
0: I think you know who I've got starting based off that.
1: Well, I know who I've got starting.
0: Is it, is to it toala? No. Oh, well, <laughs> I, thought, I just I thought well I, challenging thought, me oh, on I that. thought
1: I had a hot take, bro. But <laughs> in in total that's eleven losses, eleven losses. So if they weren't to replace anyone there, they got nineteen players in their top thirty. Yeah. And uh,
0: don't, I think a lot of them will be coming up into the top thirty for yeah. their grand final winning SJ Ball squad. Yeah. Um, they were good in flag and as well, although I don't think the Haramats guys are going to be in the top thirty mm. this season. But yeah, I was looking at their their um, top thirty squad. A lot of them have come through through the junior ranks.
1: Tom Young's a huge loss, bro. Yeah. All
0: right, into their gains, they brought Kai Pierce Paul over from England. That'll be to replace Lachlan Fitzgibbon. Can play a bit of second row, can play a bit of centre, can play a bit of middle as mm-hmm. well. I think. That's pretty good all round for for their. Death. I think he's a
1: great pickup. If you so. watched him for England this off season, yep. you would know how good he could be.
0: percent. He is injured at the moment. They're saying he could miss the D- first. Bro, few am I season. tripping
1: sack this episode? He didn't play for England. Did he play for England this off season against Tonga? I'm gonna to double check that because I could have sworn.
0: I don't think he was in the.
1: He got handed a game jersey. He was in the squad.
0: Yeah, but did he did he get injured at like training or something?
1: Let me double check. I'm just going to go to
0: internationals and have a look. Outside of that, they brought Will Price over. Now, this guy can literally play uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 9. Like, he can play anywhere. I believe he's from Huddersfield. Mm. Um, Yeah, he, he said he's very excited to come to the Knights and he'll play wherever they put him. He's a great utility. Whether he is in the 17 straight away, I don't know. But he can definitely, okay, he can definitely sorry, play. Okay, sorry, let me
1: interrupt. Anywhere. Let me interrupt. He played earlier in the year. Yep. He played earlier in the year. Thank you.
0: All right, they brought Jack Cogger over, who uh, I mean we'll get to it later when we talk about our best 17s, Jed Cartwright who I think's more of a depth signing Yep. and uh, our boy Tom Jenkins.
1: Yes, indeed. Now, who fills the shoes given that they got all these new signings, who fills what shoes? I mean Dom Young, who who fills his shoes. This is probably spoil your best 17. Yeah, no, I want well, we'll to but, but I got two. but I got I got but I got two I got Jenkins or Tawala.
0: Yep. Well, there we go. We just spoiled it. (laughs) Because we just said Tawala's not starting, so...
1: Yeah. Well, Adam Clune. I think Jack Cogger is coming in to not exactly take his role as in be a backup half, but I think he's there for the same purpose. Uh, Kurt Mann, I think Will Price is going to take that spot. I think gradually as the season goes further and further along, I think he will take that spot. I think
0: Price is... Better quality as well. It's you know, very th- good depth. I think Price, Price
1: is going to go super under the radar, but he's a gun. Cogger
0: as well. If they, I mean, however they decide to play Cogger yeah, or Gamble's great depth. Like the depth looks very nice, even mm. though they've lost all these types of players.
1: Yeah, for Fitzgibbon, I have got Pierce Paul yeah, or obviously. Lucas or Lucas. Yep. All right, let's get into that best seventeen then. Now that we've basically spoiled the whole thing, I think we're both going to have Caelan Ponger at number one. I'm not sure.
0: I oh, yeah, I got him at six. Oh, do you? Um, yeah, no.
1: that's because I've got Will Price at fullback.
0: Callum <laughs> <laughs> ah, Pong is a fullback. Next. Of
1: course he is. Wingers, i got Jenkins and Marju. I've
0: Tom Jenkins as well. Now, we thought he was more of a centre. Mm. In our early days, we were very high on him. We talked about him a lot on the podcast. His stats were insane in Cup. But what actually stood out to me is how well he played on the wing when he came in for Penrith.
1: And played on the right. Yep. Don't forget that because that's the position they're looking to fill. And yep. I think Anari Tawala has played a lot of left side in his career. And I just think if you want someone who's going to be comfortable in that role, then their whole theme of their attack is fit like a glove. Everyone yeah. fits, everyone does their role. I think Tom Jenkins is a perfect person for that.
0: I don't think Jenkins has gone over there to play second fiddle either. He's just come out yeah. of the Penrith Panthers system. You'd rather play
1: second fiddle at the Panthers than you would at the Knights. Nice. Exactly.
0: You just come out of the Penrith Panthers system, now they're stacked for backs mm. now. So he probably seen that as, I probably don't have a spot here at the moment. Yep. Yeah. Um, Jesse McLean's probably the next. Taylor May can play wing. They got Taruva already there, so um, yeah, I I think he's gone to Knights to fill fill the spot of Dom Young. Now it's gonna be a hard to do. They're very different players, so mm. they're gonna have to figure out how Jenkins fits into the team. But yeah, he's on my wing.
1: Uh, I got Gagai and Best in the centres, right yep. back. Uh, Gamble Hastings in the halves.
0: I do now. Yep. Let, let's talk about it now. I don't think they've just signed Cogger for no reason. Yep. And I don't think he's... Well, I don't think they signed him to play the um, Adam Kloon role. Yeah. I think they signed him to partner Jackson Hastings in the halves and they just didn't know that Gamble was going to... Well,
1: that's what I was going to say. I reckon this deal was done way before it was announced. Oh, yeah. And I think just as it was announced, Gamble starts hitting form. And then it's like, what have we just done? What do we
0: do now? Because I was like, could it? you move Gamble to like a 13? I, I don't think, think you can. No. I just don't think you can. I was like... trying to fit Cogger in this team. Could he be 14? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, it, it's a tough decision because Cogger, coming from a winning culture, I think he played a big hand in the grand final after Lua went off. But Gamble's just done so much for the Knights there mm. as well. So, I mean, it's good to have a bit of healthy competition like that. But, um, yeah, I just don't know how if it's in straight away.
1: Yeah, I don't know either, bro. Um, front row, I got J Saf, Leo Thompson. Yep. And we're Cro- gonna have
0: the oh, we're not gonna have the same seventeen. Uh, Crossland nine. Same...
1: Starting team. Yeah. Crossland at nine. Yep. Frizzell. Yep. Pierce Paul.
0: Oh, I, I went Dylan Lucas. I gone Pierce Paul. Um, only because I don't think Pierce Paul's gonna start the year. Yep. And. I just think it works better to have Pierce Paul off the bench anyway with Dylan Lucas, um, who can go... I mean, he can go 80. The on only the thing for me
1: is minutes, Dylan Lucas, if I'm not mistaken, he did play a bit of right edge. Or was so, he on the so left? Paul. But Pierce Paul's, Paul's suited to yeah, the left, I under- though. I understand. And, and with the there. Or, I,
0: I didn't want really want to have... Look, I know he's transitioned a second row but I didn't really want to have a utility and then Dylan Lucas on the bench as well. I don't
1: think he is a utility, though. I think he's a special second-rounder. I I he's
0: not a utility, but I think he's smaller than your average bench impact yeah, Okay. at the moment. Yeah,
1: okay. I've got Adam Elliott at 13, too. Yeah, I do. 14, i got Jaden Braley. I do, too. Uh, and then my bench is Daniel Saifedi, Dylan Lucas, and Matt Croker.
0: I have... Jaden Braley, fourteen. Daniel Saifedi, uh, Kai pierce Paul, and Miles Martin. Oh,
1: day is this guy. He's not gonna play. I promise you. You're just, but you, you're just trying to be that guy. He's not I gonna like play. I like Miles Martin. Yeah, I know you do, bro. I know you do, but he's not gonna play.
0: Again, not a predicted team. What do I do? I'd go Miles Martin. Came off a massive year. Just played under nineteens, state of origin. Now I know that doesn't guarantee him a spot on the bench. He was quite good in that game, uh, too. Cap- captain of the SG Ball team that just won the grand final, gets through his work, plays like seventy minutes at lock, can play prop, big body. I think honestly, yeah, I, I just don't rate Croker and Heddington that high.
1: I don't, I don't, I don't doubt in two years that Miles Munn almost oh, yeah. be starting for the Knights, but I just think it's too early now, especially for this team that's trying to run it back and go compete for a, such a high spot in the eight. Um, for fair me, I ball. think Matt Coker Cro- Matt offers a bit more stability off the bench, a bit more experience. He's a bit more level-headed. Um, and for me, bringing Dylan Lucas off the bench is an impact player. Slot him anywhere. Yeah. I reckon he could even fill some lock if you needed to. Yeah. Um, and kind of offers that center, just like Pierce Paul does, but I think Lucas is just a bit more versatile off the bench. I'm happy to have a versatile forward on my bench.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Fair call. Um Yeah, I think this team is going to have a lot to look at in trials because I think this could change a lot. Um, Obviously, if Miles Martin's going to start, he's going to have to play good in trials. Um, I'm sure they'll be trying Jenkins and Twyla out. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm sure they'll be trying Gamble and Cogger out as well. I don't know if it'll change much, but just to see how Cogger kind of fits into the team with everybody. Yeah, they've got a lot that they can try out.
1: For sure. Uh, Contract situations. Now, these, this is a team where I didn't know that Dane Gagai only has this year left on his deal. Yep. Same as Brad and so they want to mm. get that sorted. Now, whether they're going to have enough money to sort that out is a different story.
0: Well, yeah. I think they do, but they were talking about one of the Syfetti boys maybe having to go to make that mm. happen. Yeah, I'm really not sure what they do about that, to be honest, whether... They they continue to keep those two. I, I think they definitely want to log in, Brad, uh, lock in Bradman best. Yeah, I think he'd be the preferred signing of the two centers. But um, yeah, Gagai is quite valuable to him, despite you know some of his poor poorer games this year. I think he'd want to be locking both of them down. Hmm. Gagai may be shorter term, Bradman best long term, hundred percent.
1: Um,
0: I could forget. He's only is he only twenty. Bremen 21 goes, I think 21? Yeah Crazy
1: um, And I've just got Brayley and Daniel Saifidi Have offloadable salaries There's already been talk Like you just said Of them being floated around As yep. them The Dragons came up As a suitor for Brayley Flanagan did deny that Knights have utility Knights yeah. have Crossland Who's probably. probably on 600k less Yep Maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration But And Daniel Saifidi's on quite a big wage too Where they have younger people Coming through And they could probably Hit the market And buy someone that's giving them maybe a bit less production but for for a reduced salary yep and I think that makes it it definitely makes it appealing for the Knights to look to get some of that salary off the books to put into your Bradman Bess and your gag eyes and your Hastings when he needs a new deal and et cetera et cetera yep um, but I, I, I mean I definitely think I definitely think the way they're structured at the moment is good I mean Caelan Pong on 1.4 million dollars is a bit much maybe but you know Hastings is on six hundred, I think, which is not too bad, which is pretty good actually. Adam Elliott's not on that much. Frizzell's probably on a decent whack, but it wouldn't be anything out of the outlandish, I don't think. Marju is on almost minimum wage now that, <laughs> but he's been upgraded now. But I think they were saying he was on ninety thousand.
0: I can't understand how they have a cap squeeze.
1: Yeah, neither do I. They, I'm on, one point five.
0: That's probably where it's yeah. All at.
1: Yeah, exactly. But with the new cap going up too, like they get so much more room. It depends if he's yeah, on a percentage yeah, though. it
0: depends if he was on a percentage. Could be on like 1.6 now. Yeah, That's who insane knows? Insane money.
1: That, yeah, it's nuts. That's nuts. All right, off-season targets. I got four. All right. You got Hit none, it. do you? Hit it. He's got none. Uh, I got Satili Tupadnua.
0: Yep. Now, I, I do... I had him. No, you don't. <laughs> I did. I had him. No, you don't. <laughs> No, nah, I do really like that signing.
1: Though. I I just think if this whole experiment this year doesn't work with Lucas and Pierce Paul, there's another very t- talented player. I think the Roosters will have a squeeze now every signing C.Y. Wong. Angus Crichton's still there. I almost did write Angus Crichton down, but I don't think the Knights would be someone to take a gamble on him right now. I think they'd rather go for someone like a Tupinua, who can offer you a lot of bench value as well.
0: Well, they offered, they, they asked for Tupinua.
1: Oh, they did too for Dom Young. Yeah. yeah, they did. I knew I heard his name being linked to them somewhere. Um, but I think he'd be a nice fit that, there. Oh Especially for getting to the back end of his career as well.
0: I think maybe Roos has offered them too. No, I think they I asked, think asked they for Tupanua. I thought they asked for the butcher. One, one of the butchers. And then oh, Roos, maybe it was because
1: he was injured or. they weren't asked. Yeah, yeah maybe. maybe. Um, I've got Zach Hosking too.
0: I like that as well.
1: Again, I think he could feel a need on the bench. And I think with Frizzell getting older... Um, I know he's going to extend, but I think Hosking was almost origin form like f- for Penrith while he was in that right back row spot. And can play left. Yep. like There's no issue in him playing both sides. So again, Peace Paul comes over, doesn't hit his stride. Dylan Lucas isn't really fit in the mould of what you need. I think Hosking is brilliant build for what the Knights need. And a very similar play to Fitzgibbon, I think. Yep. I've got Zach Wolford.
0: I, I knew it. Zach Hosking is a Newcastle boy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: um I say. Zach Wolford. Cool. I just, I just think if they manage to offload Brayley, if they do want to offload Brayley, they want to go cheaper. I think Wolford's a nice, solid player to have on the bench.
0: Of, yeah, he, he, he fits the mould as well. Yeah,
1: it? makes his tackles and is, has good service from only half. That's all you need from him. That's all he's going to be asked to do. And I, I just think he would offer them just a bit of depth too he doesn't necessarily have to play every week if you guys are looking to play Cocker one week I think Wolford's happy to sit in reserve grade I think Canberra I think he may, may have recently re-signed with Canberra um, but I still think there's a chance I still think there's probably a chance that Canberra could semi-blow it up next year if it doesn't all work oh, yeah. 100%. Um, kind of invest in some younger players so who knows not me I'm just kind of fantasising I don't know if that's the right word Last time I got David Nofaluma. Okay. If, if Jenkins, if Tawala aren't giving you the production that you need, I think he's a veteran winger, sure, yep. on a decent chunk of coin, sure. But still brings you a lot of experience. Um, I think him and Gagor would be very experienced on that edge. Um, and I think he still has a production in him. He's just not in the right team to yep. maximise him at the moment. I think... The Tigers are going very young too. Um, and I just think it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for him, I think, to make the first great squad this year. I think they've just announced Staines is re-signed now officially. Um, and Junior Tupo looks like a great prospect. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see where they go with that. And I think Nofaluma could maybe be pushed out of the door. And I think if the Knights can get him on a 50-50 or something, I think that's a good deal for them. And I think that definitely, at least it adds depth to your roster in your yeah, outside backs. Because I think that's something I like a little bit at the moment.
0: Yeah, I like the target. Mm. I don't I don't know if... I just don't see I wanting to play in Newcastle. I don't know why.
1: Do you think he'd rather play for the Magpies?
0: No, no, you wouldn't. But like, no, could exactly. you see Noth in a Knights jersey?
1: I couldn't see him in a Melbourne jersey. And I did. <laughs> so, he loved it yes. down in Melbourne. And that was the greatest experience of his life knew he's even better
0: to pick him he play for sunshine instead.
1: yeah that's what I'm saying like if he's got a first grade opportunity there at the Knights if I'm the Knights yep. I'd be happy to take him
0: yeah fair call
1: alright far out 57 minutes
0: yeah pretty shorter than the last one yeah I, I feel like we just
1: I feel like these loving. teams these teams where they're like these teams where they're, they're so... They're either, like, so improved or they're so... like they're, There's no two ways about them. Like, the Knights yeah. were so good this year. that What are we really going to talk about? Just how good they were. Like, they didn't really have anything disappointing. They didn't have many weaknesses. There's not really anywhere they need to go with their roster. Like, the targets are kind of just depth or to bolster something if something's not working, mm-hmm. just to bring them in, like... I think they're set for next year. Like, I think they'll have a cracking year. And obviously, we'll, we will do a preview for them too. But I think it's just very interesting to see where this team ends up next year. I don't really know how to project them at all. But yeah, neither. Like, their roster looks great.
0: I've got no idea. My I, I want them to do well. They're a team that I actually really like and have, like, grown a liking towards. Mm. So I want them to do well. But at the same time, Manly's competing to try what? and make the eight. No, really... they're not. Shut up. I don't.
1: <laughs> this guy's managed to bring Manly into a Newcastle Knights off-season interview. No, I'm, review. Just,
0: I'm, just, I'm just saying, I just, I don't know if they can back up exactly what they've done this year. And I say it, almost every podcast now, teams that burst to the top of the scene, they sometimes fall off. It is hard, fall for off. sure. So, like, I think they'll be fighting in and around the eight, but it's so hard to predict because there's so many teams that I feel like could be in that race for the last few spots in the eight. Mm. So I think
1: they've definitely lost some key personnel as well. Just Fitzgibbon young. and those kind of guys. Like I think oh, Kurt yeah. Mann, like they're definitely locker room type of guys. Yep. I don't know if that will have a huge impact on them on the field, but I just know for sure that the way a lot of the people speak about Fitzgibbon specifically is very highly and it seems like they're all pretty good mates with him. So, I, I don't know. We know we know a couple of Knights fans, we've spoken to a couple of Knights fans, and they seem to think that they'll run it back quite well next year. I mean, I don't know. You can win nine or ten games in a row and just fade out.
0: Oh, be yeah. Very tough.
1: Very tough to do that. But who knows? Who knows? Can KP replicate his season? I think that's a big question that everyone's kind of asking. Yep. Again, we won't know the answers to that until preseason, but I just think... Expect expectations for the night to be tough, I and mean, we're gonna obviously have a few more weeks to think about it. But it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be very tough.
0: Uh, I think we'll learn a lot in trials.
1: Yeah, I think especially with who's gonna fill what position, and yep. yeah, I, we kind of did this year with them too, with Lockie Miller and people like that. I yep. think trials trials don't take them too seriously, but I still think they're a good indication of just how the team's gonna play, how they're gonna look come round one at least. Yeah. Right. Uh well, we might wrap it up there, fellas and ladies. Thank you so much for listening again. Um, we obviously appreciate your time like always. I'll Make sure to get this out so you guys can stream it tomorrow. How about that? Or today, Wednesday. That's right. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we will catch you next. Who have we got next?
0: Um,
1: para. Cause we're not doing New Zealand Warriors, are we? We're doing them down the bottom. Warriors
0: is last.
1: Second last, four Tigers.
0: Oh yeah, no, we're not doing one New Zealand Warriors. Bro. Yeah. No chance. Um, let me let me let me just let me just check this quickly. Well, give yeah, no. a
1: quick update so so we can get some fans. To get I think it's Judah. better. Yeah, I think you're right. Or yeah.
0: I mean, I've looked through this so many times, but not make it scrolling any, any faster. Um. That's the Cowboys.
1: Cowboys. All right, Cowboys fans, stay patient. We will see you guys for the Sunday pod. Hopefully, hopefully. All right, we'll catch you later. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Stay blessed, stay safe. We will catch you for the Cowboys.
0: Later.